Peace and blessings, and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Transparent Credit Repair, the superheroes of the financial literacy and credit repair world. If you're looking to bring more money into your life instead of paying out debts and going broke, fixing your credit score and repairing your credit report would be a big aid to you. If you're looking to do such, contact Transparent Credit Repair at www.transparentcreditrepair.com or you could call them at 862-250-5122. This episode of the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast, we go from Brooklyn to Canada, and we're going to talk to Righteous, an MC that's all about knowledge yourself, understanding, and bringing that pure hip hop sound back to the masses. The author of truth is here and he's going to tell us not only about who he is what he does but how he keeps the culture alive beyond the great music that he puts out so everybody pay attention to this great episode we're about to go on a ride and we're also about to learn something about what hip-hop is and how we honor the people who bring us that great hip-hop stay tuned and i'll come back with the rest of the commentary Peace and blessings, and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. This is Karev, and I'm talking to an MC tonight that really is not a throwback. He's really an archetype of a true MC. Please introduce yourself to the people. Peace, peace, peace. What's good? Thank you for having me. It's Righteous, your big brother, Righteous, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here on your show, Karev, and uh, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm a little bit of everything, if you want to say, because, you know, I wouldn't say 90s, but, you know, the foundation come from the beginning and in the 80s. <laughs> Which one did? Because that's what we're going to talk about, because I think the theme of today's uh, um, interview is going to be called classic, because classic doesn't mean old. Classic means righteous, if you really look at the definition of it. What does Righteous mean to you, and why did you take that name? Well, it was a name that was sort of given to me, and at the same time, you know, for me, Righteous means right and exact, morally correct, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it kind of is, it, it is my nature, right, to be that. So as a result, it was just, it just fit, you know what I mean? It's not an MC name, it's more of a cultural name than anything. Right. Um, if I actually had an MC name, <laughs> it would actually be the administrator of truth. That would be my MC name if, if I was to have an MC name. I think in the the 80s and 90s is when I had MC names. I'm not going to get into what I used to call myself, uh, you know, as a shorty. But, um, you know, when you come into the knowledge of yourself and you know who you are, then it kind of helps where, you know, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is my goal. You know, it, you know, grown man bars. You know what I mean? I'm about messages. Every time I write, even if it's something that's fun, I'm going to put a little message in there. That's why classic is going to be the theme of this because that has always been the trend of hip-hop since before the New York City 1970s music phenomenon. See, I believe hip-hop came from God, you see, and hip-hop to me is the matching of the beat of the drum to your heartbeat, 
the steps that you take in, in your journey and the steps of the notes that are written on the, on the paper and also the harmony of the body system and the harmony that comes together in sound. So if we look at it that way, knowledge itself and hip-hop has always been the two most compatible things in life because it's about not only you finding your rhythm, but it's also about you knowing yourself and being able to instruct others. What is the messages you want people to get when they hear your music, and how are you elevating them through your sound? For me, you know, if they could get a little piece, you know what I mean? I mean, the same thing that I went through, um, you know, if it wasn't for hip-hop, in many ways, I wouldn't have gotten knowledge itself. You know, mm. you look at, uh, and the best way I could explain it, Jay the Damager says it the best. I was struck with knowledge itself. And, you know, that always sat with me when I got knowledge itself because I, I felt like I was struck with it. And, you know, what made me want to continue doing this because I recall when my uncle brought home Rapper's Delight in 1979 and put it on. Mm -hmm. I was seven years old. So I never forgot that moment. However, you know, maybe 84 I started writing that was the first time so you know maybe I was 12 years old when I started writing I think my first rhyme was about the New York Yankees however in 86 86 87 when I heard South Bronx I think that was really you know what really got to me just the whole story and the, the history of hip-hop told by KS1 and that kind of solidified it for me where at that point I knew I, I wanted to make a record. My goal was just to make a record. It didn't matter if it wasn't about money. It wasn't about anything except for making a record. So, you know, in 1993, I achieved that. However, I wanted more. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So in the 90s, I put out a few singles. But at the same time, you get older, you get more responsibilities, and, you know, you, you have to, some decisions to be made. Right. So, you know, um, it always remained a hobby at the same time. It's therapeutic. I find that when it's, uh, you know, I write when I feel like I need to write. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't write just for the sake of it. I'm not sitting there. You know, maybe when I was younger, I had a lot more time. So you could sit there every Friday. We would write rhymes. Who got the better rhymes? You know, okay, well, I got to have my battle rhymes together. I got to practice freestyling. And, you know, that that's something that happened in the 80s. But in the 90s, and, you know, I'm in the late 40s at this point. So for me, when you have a family, you have bills to pay, and you're doing it for the love more than anything, <laughs> it, 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 I'm not saying it takes a back seat. However, you know, bills got to be paid, and, you know, this is just that outlet for me to continue my release. And, you know, it's, it's you know, looking at classic, if you want to put it in that, in those terms, it's history, you know, because, you know, a lot of, and sometimes it's history, it's the present, and it's the future, <laughs> mm -hmm. because you look at a lot of artists when they write, you know, KRS-One has been already saying these things. P Chuck D, Public Enemy, 
um, Poor Righteous Teacher, Brand Nubian, when you look at those groups, this is stuff that's nothing new, especially what's going on in the here and now. So, you know, for me, it's, it, 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 it's, it's a big part of my life, and it's, it, is, it is my culture. When some people, you know, I heard they, some people say it's not a culture. It is a culture. It is a way of life. Everything that you do, I could wear an ACDC shirt, not that I would, no disrespect to them, but I'd still be hip-hop. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And it's a culture, so it's definitely a part of me. And, you know, when you partake in it and it's your lifestyle and it influences everything you do, it certainly is because a culture is a person, uh, a, a one's way of life, a person's or people's way of life. I'm very interested in going back to that point, but let's peel back the onion of certain things that you said because I'm going to combine something that you said earlier to how you finished your last point. The song you were referred to as Jerry the Damager, um, the, Can't Stop the Prophet. One day I was hit by knowledge itself. And the point of that song was how he got knowledge itself and fought against the evils of society. He became a hero. And Hip-hop MCs have always been the heroes or the representatives of the inner city. By taking on that responsibility and then, like I said, coming back to where you came from, where you were going with your statement with, the message has always been there, but you adding to this legacy as a hero now when it comes to being an elder statesman, as you would call yourself in the, in the hip-hop game, being that you are a representative of this culture, how is it important for us to recognize and pay homage, yet also keep the culture alive so we don't lose those traditions and that 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 foundation of the game and the culture itself in our new hip-hop today? Take control, right? So, you know, you don't necessarily have to just be an MC, graffiti writer, uh, you know, uh, somebody who break dances or certain, you know, partake in certain elements. However, there's other things that you could do. So I, I appreciate what you do because I do the same thing, right? So I started my own online radio station, right? And I promote hip-hop. I don't deal with the politics. It's either your music is dope or it's not. If it's dope, you get in play. If you're not, you can't pay me enough to play your stuff. Right. right. And so the people who are dictating hip hop, what hip hop is and what rap is, you know, and, you know, you have artists who feeling themselves because they got a bit of money but got no skills. Right. You know, who are you to say when you don't know anything? You can't even tell me the first hip hop record. You don't even know who King Tim the Third is. You don't even know who um, uh, Treasures Three is. You know what I mean? There's so many, so many. Uh, so much history, right? And when people tell me, oh, um, I'm, I'm only into the 90s, what about the 80s? You know, on top of that, oh, there, you know, the only good hip-hop is from the 90s. I've reviewed, for the past couple of years, I've reviewed over 200 hip-hop albums every year. You can't tell, and I would say for sure more than half of them are dope. So if there, if I'm interview if I'm reviewing over two hundred albums and I'm on track this year as well, <laughs> you can't tell me that there's not dope hip hop out there. There is, you know what I mean? I could easily name off ten MCs who are nice, who might not get the time of day, 
Recognize Ali, Ill Conscious, Ty Ferris, uh, Ray, Ray Swoop. Um, I know I'm forgetting, uh, Cool Taj the Great. You know what I mean? Like the list could go on, right? So there's a lot of, and these are, you know, people who emerged over the past few years, even with the female, Sa Rock, right? So I, I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, we got to take back the culture in, in different forms and it's happening, right? So, um, you know, it, it comes down to what are we going to do about it? How are we going to leave a legacy? Is we got to be the pillars and not have someone else dictate what we do. I like how you said that because taking ownership of the culture is what makes a culture survive. You know, um, like I said, am I understanding hip hop? I believe hip hop is God, right? Because hip hop transcends just music. I can't say that about jazz because jazz is a music style and a slang for sex. I can't say that for R and B because when the game took over soul music and R and B was birthed, it became an alternative of hip hop in today's, I guess, melodic sounds. But in being a pillar, you still stay true to the art and the craft. You do that, what you said with your radio show, but you still also do music. Why is it important for you as a pillar to not stop when it comes to being in the booth, in the booth and studio? Well, this is something that's ingrained in me. It, it, you know, um, I, if you asked me this when I was a teen, I, would, I could never tell you that I would still be doing this, but I could definitely tell you I'd be doing this till the end, <laughs> the so-called end. Till you know, uh, I, I go back to the essence. I'll definitely be doing it. Um, you know, th there's a couple of uh, things that flashed across me. I'm just trying to uh, put it into words. But yeah, I just I just know that this is something that's within me, and I, I have to continue on, uh, regardless. It, it is what it is. And you know, you have ideas. You know, um, whatever someone can get from what I write or what I say um, that can influence them, then, you know, that's, 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 that's all that would really make me happy. It's just to hear that, you know, I influenced somebody's life or I made someone's day. You know, when someone comes back and they say one of my lyrics to me, you know what I mean? There, there's times where, you know, I had somebody say my lyric back to me and I was like, who said that? You did. I'm like, I did. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, you know, it's, it's, it's also the art where you're trying to figure out and you're trying to come with something that's just said that no one else has said, right? Where, right. you know, I mean, I guess Rakim is the best person to say because, you know, I, I, I feel what he's saying. When he writes something, he wanted to be known for what he wrote, right? What he mm -hmm. said. And so if you could quote, I guess, what, what they call quotables, mm -hmm. right, um, and they stay here forever, that, that's a part of you that lives after the fact, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how I see that. Excellent. I like what you said because then that goes back into the originator of what you said, Administrative Truth, which is a release that came out in 2014. And on um, the Administrative Truth, you had songs that spoke to the depth and soul of the listener instead of to the knock in their ears. Tell me about why you made that project with your MC name and what does that project mean to you today? 
Okay. Well, actually, the administrator, too, I believe that actually came out 2000 and, between 2005 and 2007, somewhere around that time. Okay. Um, you know, it was, you know, I, I, I was, it, it's a part of the lessons, um, as far as my lessons for the 5% nation of gods and earth. And right. that's basically what that comes from. And, you know, I'm older, I'm, I'm, I'm an older person in, in, in the game as far as hip hop. So, you know, the administrator is, you know, someone who organizes, so if it's a business or whatever it is that you're um, conducting, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, I, it's about the truth, <laughs> right? I'm about the truth. So, you know, you put those two things together, then um, that's kind of why that came about. And, um, you know, I have a song on there called For the Babies and the Babies Which is the Yes. Yeah. And so, um, it was, it was actually supposed, it was actually supposed to be a mixtape. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, when we put everything together, it got so much love that it just, you know, went further than what I thought it would be. Right. Um, it led to a lot of things where, you know, I had the cause and effect. Cause and effect was a single. We shot a video for it. Um, mm -hmm. um, it led to a lot of other things that I could get into after. Um, and uh, a few other tracks. Uh, uh, Peeves. Peeves was a song. You know, everyone has pet peeves. I just call it Peeves for short. And mm -hmm. that was sort of a funny track. And, uh, yeah, it, it means a lot just because that was the full you know, my full release for someone who was doing it for a long time. I mean, in the 90s, I had a few albums done, but they never came out, only the singles, right? Mm. And it could have been for different various reasons, you know, whether it be in the groups that I was in and things fell apart, whether it be where, you know, the label went under, different various reasons. And, you know, I was able to release singles from it, but never a full album. So... I took it upon myself to put it out one way or another. So, you know, it was a label called Sega, now defunct, but uh, I was a uh, partner in it. <laughs> and um, so I just, you know, took it over and transferred it to uh, my label now, which is called Top Recordings. Excellent. And what you said, though, I got to pull back a little bit because hip-hop is a door. It is not the, the, I mean, the music especially, it's a, it's a door, and people rush to the door and don't go through it. As an overseer or administrator of truth, it was important for, for you to go through the door to see that hip-hop is more than, let me make a song and get popular, as you took it to a label. And it also took you to the media work that you do now. But you've also been in roles when it came to independent movies and putting your music out there for, for people to hear in the films and appreciate the film more. How did that door open for you? And what was hip-hop like when you viewed it from that lens instead of just always being in the booth and making songs? Well, that's, that's where it led to. So the administrative truth people took notice to it, and um, can't recall the individual's name, 
Um, you know, there was a few movies I was in. However, there was the one movie, Taste of Relations, and um, they were like, they wanted me to write a song about a situation where um, the, the, the scene was a female who didn't listen to her family and, you know, wanted just, she just didn't listen to her family. And the scene was, I was at a club, I met her and we ended up in the bathroom. They didn't, they cut it. They didn't really show what happened, but, um, um, she came in the bathroom, we had sex and, you know, she was just uh, uh, the type of female that didn't listen to what her parents had to say. And she ended up on the wrong side of the track. So the song is, uh, uh, I think it was called Empty. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I got the chance to write that song um, for it. And it was an opportunity because it allowed me to travel to Las Vegas. I won an award for best uh, hip-hop or best music in an independent film, Vancouver, and then I can't remember what virus. It's funny because of, of uh, Corona right now, but there was a virus back then, and I was supposed to go to Mexico for an award, and we couldn't go because of that virus. And then uh, I think there was Spain. Um, it was funny because they they paid for the hotel for me, but they wouldn't pay for the flight, which didn't make sense because I wasn't going to go to Spain for two days and spend all this money, right? So, yeah, it, it led to, you know, a whole different um, community um, listening to me. And, um, you know, I had a lot of offers as far as, oh, well, could you do a song with, with, with me on for my movie? Um, nothing really ever panned out. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was an experience. It definitely was an experience. Um, to travel and meet people and see what things were like, um, uh, unforgettable moments. Did that show you how big hip-hop truly could be rather than what it was to you? Uh, yeah, just because I didn't have to water down what I was doing, mm. right? They They let me have full control as far as what I was doing. It was like, okay, this is the beat I'm using. This is the rhyme. This is it. Here you go. Right. And they loved it. So for me, I, it, it was amazing because I didn't have to water down anything. Uh, the challenge was sometimes when you're working with other people, especially when it comes to music, who might not be a part of the culture. Right. Mm -hmm. um, that's that would be the challenge. Right. But, you know, um, and I think later on down the road, I can say that they when it did start. <laughs> where they're like, we want you to do this, and we want, and I was like, nah, I'm good, <laughs> I'm good, right? However, you know, it, it shows that you could still do what you love without sacrificing anything and having, you know, and being successful, right? So that's that that was the beauty of it. However, you know, those people who aren't part of the culture, they it's it's just about money for them. That's that's how I see it. <laughs> money is the the love of money is the root of all evil but a friend of money can fund 
a person's career. That's why on Heritage Hip Hop, we, we always say streaming is good, but purchasing is better. And our point is, after this interview, when people go and do their research on Righteous, we want them to purchase your music. And one song that I think they should purchase that I regret I did not have at, when I did my playlist for um, Our Lives Matter is um, DWB. Can you talk about that song? And let's get into the heart of that subject matter. Yeah, that's actually the new single <laughs> that's this week. That's that's what we're pushing right now. Okay, so DWB is Driving While Black. Mm-hmm. And um I wrote it last year and it 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 means a lot to me because my first interactions I recall my first interactions with the police. So in the seventies I recall and it happened a few times. However, um, my father driving, pull over, and they call him boy. So I'm a kid. You call my father a boy, you know, and he stood up. He was just like, who, who the fuck you, I don't know if I could swear. I do you can't, yeah, you Who the fuck you call him boy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. you know, I never forgot that moment, right? So obviously it took me into years and, you know, as, as, you know, a black man or boy going to a man, you see things throughout your life and I haven't seen any changes, <laughs> right? So um, the same thing still happens today, right? I mean, you know, there's so many cases, uh, and especially with the George Floyd, I think definitely that was the biggest case this year. However, there's a lot of cases that a lot of people don't know about, right? Yeah. And, um you know, I I wrote based off of experiences that I had, right? So, you know, there, there's times where there's stuff that I may not have spoken about. There's times, I mean, I believe there's a show on TV right now, too, called uh, something about highways. There's a highway in Toronto called 401, and mm-hmm. um, I was driving on it, and I've never got pulled over on the highway before, ever. So all of a sudden I see flashing lights and I'm like, okay, it ain't me. I'm continuing to go for maybe another 30 seconds and I'm like, oh, they're right behind me. And there's another one. Let me pull over. So I pulled over. They had the guns on me and everything. And I'm like, it looked like they were going to ram me. I had my hands in the air. I'm like, okay. Uh, Like they were very aggressive. (laughs) And so I had to sit for like half an hour. After mm-hmm. the fact, because one of the person was like, it ain't him. And they drove off. Not an apology, nothing. Just, you know what I mean? I had a tow truck driver come up and he was like, uh, do you need help? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm just, I just had to take things in. You know what I mean? Right. And it would be different if, you know what? Wrong person. We apologize. We on our way, but not even that. And so this is like, you know, every few months, you go through things like that. You know what I mean? Even like the other day, maybe uh, within the past month and a half, I was driving um, to a family friend's house and mm-hmm. I was dropping off some items. And, uh, you know, I noticed they were following me. <laughs> so, I mean, this isn't what for anybody just to do. But, uh, you know, I was really, really upset because I'm the type of person I'm not afraid to say what I have to say to them. And right. um, so I pulled over the car and rolled down the window, and I'm like, can I help you? 
and they're like, they, they didn't know what to say except, oh, you look lost. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not lost. I'm going to my friend's house. Can I help you? And they're like, oh, no, we just, we, you, you're good to go. We checked your license plate. And I'm like, okay, bye. See ya. <laughs> right. And, you know, they just didn't know, but they were following me for a good few minutes. Like you could definitely tell that they were following me. And so when I pulled over and rolled down the window, they rolled up beside me and they just didn't know what to say. Right. And, you know, you never know what situation could happen based off of that. True. Right. So, um, you know, it was important for me um, to, you know, if you, if you, in every song that I have on the latest EP, there's a message. Right. And even CMO three, there's a little something. <laughs> right. So, you know, for me, that was important just to bring that across because that's something that always bothers me, bothered me. And, um, yeah, it, it was just, uh, you know, I wrote it and it's how I felt about the situation. So you have a right to express how you feel about situations because you're the one who lives the situation. And I think that's what's been lost in the art of hip hop because people aren't telling their stories anymore. People are either crying turning out, having sex, and or misogynistic, and that's it. The, even the art of story rap isn't even in the game as much as it used to be right now. As an MC, what style do you miss, or what do you think, what style do you think is coming back that has been lost from the art of people not doing it? Hmm. I mean, there are. I, I just don't think that they're, they're, it, it, it's as much as it was before. Um, mm -hmm. I can't pinpoint one specific song. Um, trying to remember the brother's name, man. They had a song that I really liked. Ah, it's bothering me right now. Um, I know he did a song with Ed O.G. a few years back. And... Um, for some reason, King something, I, I just can't remember the brother's name, but they had a really good album last year, and they had one song, and it, it, the song was talking about slavery. Mm -hmm. And it was just, you know, the way they broke it down, you could picture what they were saying, right? Right. Um, you know, um, but, yeah, I, I, as far as, the, you know, if I was to look for for – specific it's there's so many so much hip-hop to to speak about you know i like my biz marquee i like slick rick um you know even fresh prince when you know i love the first album you know i mean i'm a fan mm -hmm. of the first album right he's so, a rapper i'm a dj yeah you know what i mean because mm -hmm. when you go back and you listen to the original girls of the world ain't nothing but trouble you know what i mean that was getting mm -hmm. a lot of play you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. When he got famous and he redid it, and I think they put Mike Tyson instead of um, Hagler. I can't remember who he had in the first one, right? So, um, you know, it's when I heard Six Minutes and Lottie Dottie, or you could even take it back to just Ice with LaToya, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. These are all stories, right? And the, the, the best way to capture somebody is to tell your story. People right. are going to be tuned into you more if you have a story than just to write about anything, right? So, you know. I hear that. Um, but see, telling your story is the landmark of giving, giving anybody 
to believe who you are. And going back to a point that you said earlier was about being the first to say something so people know you for what you wrote. What song do you think hip-hop has not made that the world needs to hear? It, 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 there's so many songs, man. I, I couldn't. That that's a great question, brother. I don't even know. There's so many songs out there. You know, um, there's always going to be something. You know, when I really look at it, knowledge is infinite. So there's there's definitely something. You know that hasn't you know come to light yet. However, it will eventually. I can't see there not being something. You know what I mean? But when you look at, like, the foundations and what they wrote and, you know, if if you're feeding off. Because sometimes, you know, some people say they don't get writer's block. I get writer's block every now and then, right? And that's just the mm-hmm. That's why, for me now, it's more when I feel. But there's times where if I want to get influence, I'll go back to the 80s. I'll go back to the foundation, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know. If there's a specific thing that's bothering me, it comes to me writing about it, right? Something I see or something, you know, it could be something that I, I feel that's funny, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be a serious topic. It could be something funny, you know. Um, I think maybe it, it's tough to say, you know. There was a time, I mean, you look at Sweet Tea, um, I forgot the name of the song, Got This Feeling, you know. It, it was it was hip hop, but it was a party jam. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It, it, you, I mean, you hear that beat, you're gonna want to move, right? So maybe that's something that's missing. But I'm not as far as specific that you know somebody should write. Um, you know, I can't say everything's been done, but you know, it feels like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'd be surprised though, you know, because um, when it comes to hip hop. I always said this myself. I'm waiting for the day when people will say, oh, people getting killed by the police. We don't make songs like that no more. That don't happen no more. Brenda's got a baby. That's old. We don't listen to that because that's the old days. I'm waiting for hip-hop to be more rejoiceful. But the thing is, hip-hop was birthed out of pain. And even out of that pain, we found therapy and a reason to channel our PTSD and to make something beautiful that it seems like now that the world take notices to, the elevation of the classic feel of peace, love, and having fun has got into the higher levels of life. As a man who's seen the elevation of hip-hop through the years, I have two important questions for you. The first one is, now that we see hip-hop elevating, what's the next step for hip-hop since now hip-hop is a political tool as well? What do you think is the next step? I mean, Karis once said it the best, you know, there's going to be hip-hop in the White House. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I mean, you know, there's, you you look at uh, uh, Jay-Z and he owns Tidal, right? He basically took over or uh, penetrated the market where, mm-hmm. you know, if you just going to um, Amazon or iTunes or Spotify, now he's an owner where, okay, I'll release, I could release on the other platforms, but I own this, so I'm seeing all of my money come back. 
mm-hmm. right? So um, it, it, it just comes back to leaving that legacy. What are you going to do to make yourself an owner, a maker and an owner <laughs> of, mm. of, of this, this, this art form, of this culture? How are you, what are you going to do as an individual? You know, it's one thing to come in and I want to be an MC or I want to write, and then you're trying to get put on, you know, it comes to a point where put yourself on, right? Um, right. You know, it's, it, it, why wait for somebody else to do it when you could do it yourself, right? Like so it, it comes to being independent. How do you be independent and, you know, be conscious of, is be aware, be aware of your surroundings. You know what I mean? Look, listen, learn, observe, and respect through the knowledge. So that's, that's how I see that is, you know, what, what, what is it that you bring into the table and, you know, what are you going to leave? So it's one thing to make a record because there's a lot of good records out there. It right? is. But it's also understanding the business. I had a conversation with my cousin the other day and, you know, it's a usual debate. You know, who's better, Jay-Z or Nas, right? And, you know, me personally, I, I think Nas is a better lyricist than Jay-Z. And my cousin okay. saying, oh, Nas, he, you know, the beats and this, you know, he only had this many good albums. However, he's been consistent. Jay-Z's been consistent. But the difference is I feel the marketing. Because if you recall Jay-Z's history when he came out, you could turn to BT every month. It would be the same old videos, but the only new video would be Jay Z. Mm-hmm. I think he did that for two years in a row. Marketing. So this is a business. If you asked me this question in the nineties, I would probably fight you. <laughs> right? <laughs> I would be like, "No, it's talent." What are you talking about? This is hip hop. This is it's. If you're talking the business part of it. And that's what hap- it happens is artists, we look, we don't look at the business part of it. Right. Right? It's a business. It's only 10% talent if you're going to look at it as a, if you want to just rap and do something and that's it, then that's it. At the end of the day, it's a business. If you don't have a lawyer, if you don't have a manager, if you don't have somebody to do your marketing, if you don't have a publicist, you're not going anywhere. And even still, it's still talent. It's still a challenge, right? So it's it's about being aware of what you do. You're on the computer, right? What does F5 mean? What does F7 mean? You know, these are all things. We use them every day. Do you know how to – all the little things that you need to know for your cell phone, right? So this is, this is what – why I call it be conscious of. Right, because it's get those awareness levels up. Glad you said that because that goes into the second question I was going to ask you. For something to strive and to make change, it has to be a movement. The Nation of Gods and Earths was a movement that is synonymous with hip hop because the Nation of Gods and Earths were really the first MCs that really came in and elevated the inner city at the same level as the conscience and the music, and that's very rare. What do you think it would take to have another movement like that take hip-hop to the next level? 
I mean, I would say that the gods on earth are still, I mean, when I look at all the nicest MCs, most of what I just mentioned came from the gods on earth. Right. <laughs> that right. list that I went over, they all right. the nicest MCs. So I feel like, you know, every few years there's an emergence. So I feel that there's another emergence coming right now, right? And what's happened is, if you want to call it underground, Right? There's another, or golden era, right? I, I feel like there's another, but it's independent. Mm, okay. Right? And, you know, this is why it's important to have these outlets, right? Online radio and, um, you know, these, these, these online outlets where, and even like Bandcamp is amazing where you could cut out the middleman. You might not have the loot to, go and start a title, right? Or um, I can't remember, Domingo, speaking of Domingo, great producer. He's the one who produced uh, Driving Wild Black. Um, mm -hmm. However, um, he has a platform now as well. I think it's $9 a year, and they send it out everywhere. But my whole point is you want to see what you could do to cut out the middleman to get that, that loop back, and it's what you do with it. Right. And, you know, it, it, it's not just for everybody. So it's, you know, whatever, you, you know, this is, take these jewels because these are jewels that were given to me, to the listeners. If you were a young MC trying to come up and do things, you know, this is you speaking to you're listening to people who's already been doing it. <laughs> right. Take these jewels and um, run with it. And with that being said, everybody. Be Conscious Of is the new project out from Righteous. And there's one song on there I want to touch on, actually two. You have a song on there called The Others, which I think is a great track. Talk about The Others in the context of that in, in, in midst of what you just said. Well, you have The Others, and then you have The Brothers, <laughs> right? And that, that's basically how the, the title came to be. Um, me and my man Knowledge, it was actually supposed to be a brother named Knowledge on the track, but he couldn't get into the studio. And um, I had interviewed Eddie Kane for my show, and I felt the brother was nice. And he, he lives right where I used to live in BK. So it was just like, let me take it to home base. And he said, yeah, I'd be delighted. He has Knowledge himself. So I was like, okay, boom, let's do it. So we ended up doing the track. And I told them what it's going to be about and uh, wrote it. And um, that, that was basically it. And how I actually wrote it is I heard the beat and I started writing. That is just what came to mind. And, um, you know, Marcus Garvey, you know, to me is like one of the foundation when it comes to, you know, being an owner or taking charge of yourself. And you mm -hmm. can't look for someone else to... You know, you can't keep asking and not getting nowhere. You got to do it yourself. Right. Right. And there's an interesting thing, the interesting line I put at the end about Uncle Tom's cabin. I always like to state this because too many people call people Uncle Tom and not know the mm -hmm. history of Uncle Tom. Right. Sure, I mean. And it's funny because I always forget the brother's actual name, Jeremiah. I can't remember his last name, but you can use your Google. And it's funny because I actually live one hour away from Uncle Tom's cabin. Wow. 
I actually live. Uncle Tom Cabin is a real place. It's a real cabin. You could Google it. It's in Ontario, <laughs> Ontario, Canada. And he was an individual who was a part of the Underground Railroad that brought people to Canada. And, you know, maybe because he was a, seemed to be passive, but the, the actual book, Uncle Tom's Cabin, was written and um, my understanding was stolen from his memoir. Mm. Right? And so um, it's very important to, to understand these things. And when you're watering down hip-hop, that's why I said, if, you know, if you, don't, if you don't feel me in what I'm saying, then you can tune in somewhere else. <laughs> right? However, you know, watering down hip-hop just to make a penny and feeling yourself like you're better than somebody, you know what I mean? And, you know, having these people laugh, it, it makes it harder for the next brother, right? True. So, yeah, that's, that's basically what, you know, the others is about, you know what I mean? So, you know, I'll just leave it at that. And, um, yeah, just had to put that, you know, 100 years ago, Marcus Garvey gave this speech. So it's very important, too, because I had an uncle who turned 100 years old last month. Oh, so he was born at the time Marcus Garvey was actually giving the speeches. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, and his sister, my aunt, not 98 years old this year. You see what I'm saying? So they mm-hmm. lived through the Depression. They lived after the Spanish flu. They lived through World War One. They lived through civil rights. Right. And, you know, to, to that history right there. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of there's a lot of history that we still have to learn that, you know, have been erased. You know, a lot of people don't know, you know, there was an all black hockey league before there was an NHL. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a lot of people, the, the way the uh, a goalie plays in the NHL came from the black hockey league. A black man is the one who did the slap shot. Mm. You know what I mean? That's where it came from. So, you know, there, there's so much history that needs to be, be told. We got we to gotta take, t- take charge one way or another. If I'm not going to do it, or you know what I mean? If somebody else is going to do it, I'll make sure I'm going to do what I got to do, um, to do to do to, to leave some form of uh, history later on down the road where somebody could maybe pick it up. You know, just the way where I picked up Malcolm X's autobiography one day. I was like, oh, there's who's this black man on the cover at the age of 12, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You know, somebody might later pick up my CD and what was that? Okay, you know, and move to the next level. Or they might hear this conversation and go and see and find something that might inspire them later on down the road in life. Facts. And the second thing I wanted to talk about on the album was I wanted to collab radios and for the love together because Recognize Ali is a name that I know, very good MC, wordplay, phenomenal. And Ed OG is one of my favorite MCs ever, period. Because when I know, I know, I told him one day, everybody says East Coast and thinks New York, but he represented the East Coast lovely in the 90s and put Boston in a place where Boston wasn't at when it came to hip-hop. And camaraderie between brothers in hip-hop seems now to be more of a business decision rather than a legit means of building the culture. What does it mean to have 
your brothers who have been in the industry or not respect and have them do songs with you to elevate the consciousness of the culture? Well, I'll tell you, for Eddie I was definitely a fan for years. So be a father to your child inspired me that when I grow up and I have children, you know what I mean? I want to be a father to my child. I'll mm -hmm. never forget that track, right? And, you know, he had other joints as well. There's some, mm -hmm. you know, that he couldn't remember because I was like, you did this track with this girl, and it was on 45, and I can't remember him. And he don't remember. <laughs> but it was mm -hmm. one of the dopest tracks ever. And then when he came out with, and it's funny because my, my you know, first release is The Administrator of Truth, and my favorite joint was on The Truth Hurts with um, uh, Premier mm -hmm. saying something. Mm -hmm. And I did a show with him. And I actually had cut my show short so he could get on because it was late. And um, I cut my, so I, at the end of my show, I was like, yeah, I was, I, I didn't, you know, I said it, but I didn't think he would, you know, take me up on the offer. Um, I was like, yeah, and if Ed O.T. want to invite me back on stage, I'm down for it. And um, I was thinking we was going to, you know, maybe freestyle or something. So anyhow, um, he's up on stage. And he calls me out, righteous. I know, I know, I know you love my joint saying something. <laughs> Come up on stage. So I'll probably end up posting the video. And I was, you know, to have a legend invite me on stage, no rehearsal. And I rocked it with him. I was like, you know, his flavor slave for the night, if you want to call it. You know what I mean? And I rocked it. And to me, that he didn't have to do that. And um, we ended up doing the song. And, um, yeah, that, you know, that was also because of G-Dot and Born. So my one-day EP, there's a group called G-Dot and Born. Those, I would say they're his protégés. So we had a song, and they're the ones who introduced me to Ed O.G. Mm. And so, you know, from that time, um, it, it, it's just, to me, it's his family. And I owe him a great because right then, my, you know, I didn't need to do anything more in hip-hop to have – somebody who you looked up to, invite you on stage to do one of your favorite songs of all time. Like, you know, that, that was just an amazing moment for me. And it was big of him to do that. And so um, that's, that's what radios mean to me. Um, you know, um, as far as recognize Ali, he's a monster. You know, mm -hmm. uh, every, he has a new release, I believe, this week. Every okay. month the brother's coming out with something. Right? And... Um, <laughs> You know, just doing inter just doing reviews. I was like, okay, I just did a review on this dude's album last month, and he came on another one, and so he see he see me doing these reviews, and mm -hmm. so you know, just based off of that, we started speaking, and I was like, what up with the track? And he said, yeah, let's do it, and um, you know, went and spit my verse, sent him the music, and. Um, he records at the same studio I record at right now, and um, uh, DJ Merciless um, produced it, and then my wife is Faith Walker, right? So, oh, salute! Um, yeah, that's that's the queen, right? Yeah, so, we did our, we did her interview, so that's what's up. Indeed, indeed. So that's that's basically how that track happened, and you know, going back to radios, um, that's how G Dot and Born, it, you know, since they put me on to LG. It just made sense that we all be on the track, 
And um, when I was on tour, I came across this female who uh, could sing. And so after the show was done, um, you know, she was like, oh, I guess somebody didn't show up or, you know, they, they was having like a freestyle session after. She's like, can I go on? I have a set. And so the promoter let her go on. And everyone just turned around and looked on the stage and see who's that. And so it was funny um, because dudes were like trying to get at her as far as can, 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 can I do a collab with you? And she's like, you know, saying how much. And so after she's like, yeah, nice set because she watched my show. And she was just like, yo, yo I'm feeling you. So, yeah, I'm, I wouldn't charge you to be on a, on the track. So whenever you're down, I'm like, yo, I actually got a track for you. <laughs> and then, boom, mm -hmm. she came. She came when she came to Toronto, I guess, to do a show. She came in the studio, did it one time, and that was it. And um, there you have radio. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, sometimes it's not always good to put tracks that you're not feeling. If I'm not feeling it, I'm not going to put it, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And it, 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 it's art. So how are you going to coordinate your your album or your EP, right? So it comes down to that, right? So, yeah, um, that's that's basically it. That's basically it. All right, everybody. So as you heard, consciousness is the state of being righteous. And what makes righteousness classic is it never gets old because as long as you're righteous, by the most high word, you have enduring, everlasting life. And that's what you want your need to be, everlasting legacy music. Please tell everybody how to follow you on, on social media and how to get your project. Okay, so I'm going to make it easy. It's Tout Recordings, T-A-O-T, Recordings. And if you want to know if, that, if, if it helps, it's actually the meaning for the administrator of truth. <laughs> Recordings. Right. So that, 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 that's where it comes from. So it's toutrecordings.com, tout recordings on Instagram, Facebook, um, and, uh, Twitter. And, uh, yeah, that, that's basically how you get at me. Um, you can just go on the site and everything's there from Bandcamp to my history videos, a few songs up there too. And that's basically it. So yeah. Um, tout recordings, T A O T recordings, and that's it. And remember, everybody, if a if a meteor ever hit the world and we lost all our electricity and internet, if you don't buy the music, you don't have the music. So, if I just have music that you like, purchase it and own your music. Because are you really truly hip hop without your phone? You'll find out if you lose your music. Think about that. Purchase the music. Indeed. So with that being said, bro, now it's time for the rapid-fire questions. You ready for that? Yeah. The rapid-fire questions are not yes-no questions. These are questions that show your depth and your understanding of the hip-hop culture and knowledge. So let's go to the first question. The first question is, what song that you have not made, you've heard from another artist, perfectly defines and sums up your life? Song or album? Hmm. Hmm. I could tell you a song, um, okay. an album, Rascast. Um, I forgot Rascast's first album. Um, Soul on Ice. Nature, what Nature of the Threat? The Nature of the Threat him. album. 
Yeah, Solo Nice. It's called Solo Nice. Yeah. Okay, that's a great album. Shout out to Razzy. Mm-hmm. Razzcast is one of the best. Okay. Next question. You have a song called One More Day, right? One Day, indeed. Okay. And that song has been has a remix to it. What made you remix that song? For One Day? Yeah. Did you have a song called One Day? Were you remixed? Nah. What's the song that you remixed? You got you on the cover. I'm looking bad hey, right now. CMO3. Check, check me out. Is that the one with the remix? Because there's a cover yeah. of you with a yellow, I uh, saw a yellow fire with a remix. All right, well, you have a remix of yeah. the song. Okay. Yeah, CMO3. All right. That's why it's called CMO3. Okay. And why did I remix it? Why did you remix the song? Well, CMO3, me and Craig G recorded it 13 years ago. Okay. And the history of it, just to be quick, the producer, I have, I have the original version on my band camp. He didn't have the files because when I recorded it, I said, okay, I need the files now. He's like, oh, it's already mastered. I'm like, what are you talking about? So I scrapped the song. Wow. I just, it was just sitting there. And mm-hmm. one day the engineer came to me and said, brother, I, I have a version for you. I remixed it for you. And he brought it life. The issue is the original person who sang the hook, he, the, the melody wasn't right. So mm-hmm. I was, you know, I have a good friend of mine named Lamel, amazing R&B, soul sensation. I said, can you do a hook on this? He said, yeah, boom. And so instead of calling it Check Me Out, I called it CMO3 because it's the third version and the final version. And that's how that came to be. And so when people listen to it, they think it's brand new, and it just goes to show that it's classic. <laughs> Going back to what you're saying, because it's still a banging joint for all these years, and I decided to put it out now, and that's how it came to be. So with that being said, the remix is a ver- is a standard when it comes to hip-hop, because we would either add people to a song or change a beat to give a song new life and longevity. Besides your song, what's the greatest remix made of all time? The greatest remix of all time. I'm thinking it's a, a, a P.E. song for some reason. But, um... You want to go with Color Game? I'm to think. Mm. We're going with Shut Em Down. We're going with uh, Night Train. We're going all the time. Shut to, um, down. You know, there's it's, it's a few, man. The greatest of all time. Oh, that's that's a tough, tough question, but shut them down. We could go for shut them down. It's one of the you know I, I I actually remember that just the other day when Pete Rock I seen Pete Rock speaking about it the other day. So yeah, you know what I mean there, there's a few though there's a few, but yeah that that definitely stands out. You know what I mean even the Jump Around remix was dope too. Yes, it was. Pete Rock is a beast. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. it was. Okay, well, you're the first person to ever say that on this on um, platform. So salute to you. <laughs> All right. In doing songs, collaborating and giving somebody the opportunity to be a guest on your on your spot is big. You can have a feature artist, or it's also called the guest sixteen. But there's certain guest sixteens where the artist stole the show from the feature artist, the main artist. I'm going to ask you, what is the greatest guest sixteen or guest bars on a track ever? That's 
stole the art, the stole that stole the song. Yep. <laughs> I, I feel this one's gonna come around and bite me years later down the road. But I think he agrees anyways. Cannabis in common. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the song, but cannabis. You know, he, I, I remember even a few years later, Common was, was like, "Yeah, I think he outdid me on the track." And he did. <laughs> I can't he remember the song, but you know the, the song. Album. The Earth Got One Sun, but I flew with three shadows. You talking about that one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot the name of the song. Some I'm your worst nightmare squared. It's something. Yeah, I remember. That's a great. That's that's a great pick. No, no, you the first person to pick that too. So let's continue. If you had the opportunity to make your perfect song, who would do the beat and who would feature on your song, dead or alive, no restrictions? Who would be on the song and who would do the beat? Dead or alive, uh, no restrictions. Def- def- definitely premiere at, at okay. this point just because, you know, who doesn't want a premiere beat? You know what I mean? Yep. I mean, it, it, there, there's there's a lot of people, but uh, you know, I it, I would go for man right now, and then um, uh, can I have more than one guest, or it has to be one guest? It's up to you. This is your perfect song, not mine. Okay. So Whatever so, so definitely Kooji rap. Okay. Um, Kara S one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. I'm not even sure who else I would add, but but definitely those two. You know what I mean? Uh, it might 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 have to make it a little interesting and put a little LL in there. <laughs> you know what I mean, just 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 to uh, might might just to make it a little interesting, put a little LL Cool J in there. That was still be uh, hot. LL's not a slouch. Oh, yeah. Well, that that that's that's the whole reason because. Who wouldn't want to hear that? Think about yeah. it. Premiere with LL, KRS1, and you know G-Rap is already going to come with it. Yeah. I, I think at this point, it's just like, okay, G-Rap, you already know he's he, a monster. So, you know, KRS1 is definitely going to have to say, hey, hold, hold on. Let me, I'm KRS1, so I'm, I'm coming with where I got to come. And then, you know, LL, you know, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's uh, they they um it's funny. I, I don't mean to switch the topic, but they were talking about a versus battle. I think the, the versus battle is nah Jay Z and LL. A lot of people want that too because of the um the, the the secret um ego beef that's yeah. going on between them two. Yeah, that'd be interesting. That would be nice. That would be nice. That, but yeah, that, that would, would be. That would, I, that would I, I think I'll leave it at that for right now. For for, okay. for for my my joint. Okay. Next question, and we have two more questions. The next question is, um, what is the golden era if there is one? I don't believe there's a golden era, but what is the golden era, and how do you define it? Um, for me, it's the eighty six, eighty seven, era, eighty six to eighty nine era. You know, what I mean, there there, that's to me where you. At least for me, that that means a lot for me for hip hop because, you know, there was the just ice, there was Slick Rick and Dougie Fresh, Kara S One, MC Shan, the Juice Crew, um, uh, Big Daddy Kane, Rakim. 
like so many MCs with different styles and doing their thing, it just, you know, it's a part of me because, you know, that's the time I will always look to. And if you're not from that era, it's sometimes not as hard or difficult to understand it. You know what I mean? True. Every few could appreciate it. And that's what – I think this is one thing I wanted to say. This is why um, I do what I do because – and I appreciate other music because when it comes to other music, I try and formulate hip-hop. Digging in the crates, when I go looking for samples, which, you know, every now and then I still do, mm -hmm. I'm looking for something that, oh, this could be turned into hip-hop. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So when you have somebody who might not be a producer, yo, I could rhyme to this. Can you formulate this into hip-hop for me? So mm -hmm. the difference with, like, jazz and maybe R&B, &B, you could formulate it into hip-hop. You could rap to all of these music, and it sounds nice, and, you know, you, you just formulate it into hip-hop. So that's, that's how I see that. Nice. Next question would be, sort of personal, but rather broad. Clarence 13X brought the knowledge to the hood to elevate the hood because education was not elevating the minds of the youth, and it was substandard at the time. Probably still is to me. It is. Marcus Garvey is the father of reparations because he's one of the few that came up with a plan to give people of color back what they originally deserved and had, which was taken. Who or what MC perfectly defines hip-hop to you that everyone should look to for a lesson? Karras one. I mean, Karras one, uh, brand Nubian, poor righteous teachers. Um, a lot of people don't, don't, don't speak on him, but uh, Brother Jay from X-Clan. One of the greatest ever, by far. Yeah, yeah, and you know, though these are and Chuck D, definitely Chuck D, Public Enemy. Um, mm -hmm. These, the these, you want to learn something? You pick up one of these albums. <laughs> you pick up some of the, these albums, and you're gonna go want to read a book after. Facts. So everybody, with that being said, this is Karev the Righteous, and we come to the last question. This question is the question I ask, the most important question I ask every first interview. So you're always welcome to come back. Um, we have an open door policy. We are not um, industry. We, we we do not believe in what you got to be hot to be on here. As long as you do something I like, or there's something that you that we feel is the conversation to talk about, the platform is always yours. You see what I'm saying? So. With that being said, a thousand years from now, you're not going to be on this planet. We do not wish any death on anybody, on your family, or anything now, So, may, especially with corona and things going on in the world. So first, may the most high bless you and your family so there's no calamities to take anybody out. You understand? That's very important to us. But a thousand years from now, there's going to be an earth event. You're in, you're in Canada right now, right? Yeah. I salute the Canada, everybody up top. And um, there's going to be a great event. Let's just say um, you're in Toronto, the Maple Leafs, or somebody wins a series or 
uh, thing, right? And they, and they ride, and and, they, and somebody flips over a car. But when that car gets flipped over and it's not destroyed, the electrical systems go off and the radio come on, and then that person had your music in the car a thousand years from now. And your music is introduced to a new generation of people who've never heard you before. My question and the most important question of this interview is, what is the legacy you left behind that made the world better because you did music? Helping someone to get the knowledge of themselves. Hey, and at the end of the day, that's the first lesson of the Bible. That's the main lesson of the 5% nation of God's earth is knowing who you are. And most importantly, that's a pillar in hip-hop, because if you don't know who you are, how can you give music to, to help the masses understand their importance in the world and in the culture? With that being said, this is Karev from Heritage Hip-Hop with Righteous, and we say peace, and we out. All right. Thank you for having me, brother. Beautiful, beautiful show. Appreciate it. See, the value of an MC is not in just the music that they make but it's in the songs that they produce as well that give us messages. And Righteous makes sure that all his music gives us a message and that music will last the lifetime of the listeners. And we want to impart that to you. Please make sure you listen and support the movement because the words are that which will make us great. Please follow T-A-O-T, Tao Records, on Instagram and all over social media to support this man and his movement bringing hip hop from Canada to the US and also to the world. Yo, it's righteous. We salute you and your efforts and we wish you nothing but the best. Peace to the gods and the earth and the influence of the universe which is in upon us all. This episode has been brought to you by Transparent Credit Repair, the superheroes of the financial literacy and credit repair world. If you're looking to repair your credit, raise your score and come out of debt please check out transparent credit repair at www.transparentcreditrepair.com or you can call them at 862-250-5122 and tell them heritage hip-hop referred you and get something very special in the transaction before we get out of here we'd like to tell everybody please support us and thank you for listening Go to www.heritagehiphop.com and subscribe to our website and become members to get more music, more interviews, and blessings that we can give you that helps to build this platform and helps build our hip-hop nation. You can follow us on all social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. at Heritage Hip Hop. We'd like to give a shout-out to our team. Shout out to Fatty's Place. You can follow Fatty's Place, F-A-D-D-Y-S-P-L-A-C-E on Instagram. That's our virtual assistant. Our resident MC, who was a marketing promotion guru, is Firejaws. You can follow the owner of Wildfire Marketing at F-I-R-E-J-A-W-S on Instagram. Shout out to Lex Diamonds of Diamonds Entertainment LLC, D-I-E-M-E-N-Z, Entertainment LLC on Instagram and Adiar. DJ Big A of the Big A Show. When you can follow that show on YouTube at A-H-D-A-Y-A-R on YouTube. Season 2 is coming soon. That's, 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 that's word to you. We're working behind the scenes to make that show crazy and great for the listener. August 29th is the Heritage Hip Hop Award Show. We ask that you tune in on YouTube for our live streaming of our award show. 
The awards we're giving out are the Govmatic Award, given to people who push the culture forward inside and outside of music. The Project of the Year, which is like basically Album of the Year or EP of the Year, and the Artist of the Year. That is August 29th on YouTube. Stay tuned to Heritage Hip Hop for all notifications. So make sure if you're on YouTube, you hit the subscribe and notification bell. Make sure if you're on social media, make sure you follow us and you hit that that, that alert bell so you know what's going on and when everything is happening. To everybody out there listening, peace. This is Karev and I thank you for going on this journey with us on HeritageHipHop.com and Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. And for everybody out there that supports us, not only do we say thank you, we say peace. Until next time, and we out.